Diamond Answer Man Show, episode 25. Are there differences between laboratories? And what about where diamonds are mined? Well, hello, Rowan. My name is Jay Christopher Gertz, and this is the Diamond Answer Man Show, where our goal is to help each other learn more about the world of diamonds and feel confident about those purchases. We're still in summer. People are still getting married. And if you're a groom out there hunting for a diamond, this is your show. Let your friends know that they can email those questions in to me. And I'll look forward to helping you. You may reach me at diamondanswerman.com. You can also visit me on that site and send me a message through the SpeakPipe service there on the right. You can email me at jchristopher at diamondanswerman.com and reach me at Twitter on the at symbol at D-A-M-J-C-G-O-R-I-T-Z. And uh, we'll look forward to how much we have fun this show. You know, I've got um, some wonderful things that just happened over the last, I would say, maybe about uh, three weeks. You know, I just released this uh, this show here just a, about, about a week ago. And um, I must admit to you that as I've talked so many times about personality, enthusiasm, and integrity on my shows, that I must totally confess to you that I hated my last show. It was so boring, and I, and I like to say that it would have some good content in it, but my problem is, is when I listened to it, it sounded just so flat and monotone. It just, you know, if you just want to do this, sort of that robotic sort of talk that, that uh, you can get at times, and, and I'll, I'll apologize to you. You know, I've been suffering from a cold, you know, when we go out in our world, and, and uh, we go to work, and we change things, and we get, uh, we get to train in new areas. You know, I've been burning the candle at both ends, and I haven't spent as much time as I would really like to spend on talking to you, and of course, having you send me in questions, and emailing me, and, and having that back and forth, and, and how I can help you. And one of the things that people always ask is, well, how do I make money doing this? And the fact is, is that I don't. You know, it's not that I haven't had things happen because of the show, but um, I take no fee funds, any, uh, you know, monies, donations, or any of those kinds of things. You can't sponsor the show. You know, there's, there's nobody paying money for me to do this show. I do it all on my own. And I do it because I absolutely love the diamond industry. And that, and that includes the jewelry industry. And I've done a little bit of both. I've worked at the bench and I've worked as a, you know, vice president at two diamond polishing companies. And, um, you know, so I've done just about everything from working all the way from my latter years in high school and uh, figuring out just how to size rings and, and uh, re-glue pearls and, and do all sorts of, you know, minor repairs to major repairs. And then, of course, uh, going off to school for those kinds of things, stone setting and having my diplomas from, you know, a school on that. So, you know, I've, I've done everything. So it's not just diamonds that I know. It is really the whole industry. But my passion happens to really be right around diamond performance and those kinds of things and, and uh, where my world has been there. But if you have any qu- kind of question dealing with jewelry, you know, whether you want to know the differences between white gold and platinum and, you know, whether or not there should be a difference in the gold costs in certain carrots and colors and those kinds of things, I can help you with those too. But um, anyway, so I wanted to apologize to you over what I feel was last show. 
the previous episode. It had some good content. You know, I answered some emails in that, and we had a, a case where, you know, if you don't or can't and uh, would like to see the differences in some of the performance grades, you've been out and you haven't been able to see it. You know, it's not hard to see. However, when you go to jewelry stores, sometimes it can be. I talk about that on that show. And um, I also had a call, um, you know, or not a call, but I had an email uh, from a, a young lady who had, had made a mistake when she made her purchase. And that was where we review some, some of those scenarios that can happen and that uh, where we have buyer's remorse and, and how she tried to go about it. No resolution as of yet, but um, we talk about that on that show. So anyway, on this show, you know, I've got some wonderful, wonderful news. I've got some voicemails that I'll go ahead and play out for you. I'll, uh, I'll use my old school system here. We'll push my tape player, you know, so I'm old school. And uh, we'll, we'll listen to those. And I'll be honest with you that if you send me a message through the SpeakPipe service, I found at this time that it's a much more reliable call. And uh, at least in this call, it uh, was a lot more clear than, uh, than a regular call that comes through on the 803-792-1326 line. Uh, that is a line that's available 24 hours a day, and you can leave a phone message there, and I'll happily answer that for you. And uh, also the uh, the SpeakPipe, which I was just talking about, is just a little app I have on the website, diamondanswerman.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see it come up, and uh, it's a little link there. You can click that if you have a microphone on your computer. So if you got one of those little mics on your laptop or you got one on your desktop, maybe you have a headset or something, you can use that. Also, if you have an iPad or iPhone, It'll, uh, I guess you can have an app there, and you can send it right through the app, right through the SpeakPipe service, and man, it sounds a lot better. Anyway, so we got two calls this, uh, this time, and we got them from Matt, and Matt had on this first call, I'm going to play it anyway, it doesn't come out very well, but I, I get the gist of what he's asking, and I think you will too, and uh, you know, so we'll listen to Matt and Matt's questions, and uh, we'll see where we go on answering them. And um, I think I'll, I'll be able to answer them pretty clearly. And, uh, you know, some, some things when I answer them, they may not be what everybody would like to hear, but, uh, you know, in some things there is and there is not, you know, a clean, clear answer for, uh, for how things work. So anyway, so let's go ahead and push my old school tape player, and uh, we'll go ahead and, and play. So let me, let me get the tape in there. And... Uh, Got that here. Let's just see if I get it in there. Hold on a second. Let's put it in there. All right. All right. We got the tape in there now. And uh, we'll go ahead and push play on the tape. Hi there. Uh, I'm wondering if you have any information about Forest uh, Diamond. And if you can let us about the difference in quality or if there if there is one. Uh, between Canadian diamonds and diamonds uh, mined elsewhere around the world. Well, all right. So, so Matt's question, well, I didn't get the first part of it. So if you know what it was, of course, he emailed me in what, what it sounded like to you. But I thought he said Polaris diamond or something, but I'm not sure. So I'm not going to try to answer that one. But he wanted to know if there's a difference between Canadian diamonds and other diamonds. And, and the, the, the straight answer is no. You know, that doesn't mean that you can't find other diamonds as, as would be colors and clarities and purities from other locations. You know, Canada has higher, higher grades and lower grades, just like anywhere else. Now, from laboratory to laboratory, you'll find higher percentages. No, laboratory, I didn't mean that. From mine to mine, you'll find different percentages 
of qualities. You'll also find different percentage of qualities from where it's sourced, whether it's alluvial or otherwise. Um, if they're digging it out of a kimberlite pipe, you know, you'll find um, usually a much greater range of qualities. Um, you know, so it really depends on, on where they're finding the diamonds. Now, that being said, you'll also have trace elements in certain areas, but you can, you know, you can find, uh, uh, you know, other colored diamonds. When I talk about trace elements, you know, colors that would be browns and yellows and in all sorts of ranges that we would have, um, you know, in other locations. But, you know, if we think about Australia, right, they have there's sort of a, a larger source of yellows and browns there. But there really is no difference between a Canadian diamond and um, uh, what would be an Australian diamond. So no matter whether you got it from Australia or, uh, you know, we would say Africa or India or your backyard or Russia or literally it could be, you know, in, in, you know they have here in the United States, they have Arkansas, you know. It doesn't mean that a mine specifically produces high-grade stones always or that it produces stones consistently in specific color and clarity grades or that when we test them, other than the trace elements that change the colors, that there is an element or a change in the, the, the structure of the crystal itself where we could test it and say, hey, it comes from this exact mine. Although they're trying to find technologies to see if they could figure out where a diamond comes from or not, the, the, the straight fact is, is there's no true yet discernible physical difference between a Canadian diamond and a diamond anywhere else in the world. So a diamond is a diamond is a diamond. And that's where some of the problems have come in. So the answer Matt's first question, no, there's no difference. Now, here's the other thing that I would say. The reason why they want to figure out and how to discern the differences where, my, where diamonds come from is because they want to make sure that the diamonds that are being mined, if they can figure out where they come from, they can stop traffic on unethical sources of diamonds. So there is some serious interest in making sure we can figure out where they come from. You know, and, and that would be you know, some of the differences in the crystal. If we could figure out what they are, and I think there are some theories out there, and I know De Beers has been working on it, and some of the laboratories have too, um, but really, truly, there isn't any sort of difference that uh, that we can tell as of yet, right? And of course, if you're a physicist out there with some fantastic information, send it my way. We'll talk, and I promise I won't, you know, let everyone know. I'll sign a trade secret agreement. Maybe we'll talk about what you're doing. And anyway, so Matt's first question is: Are there differences in Canadian diamonds from other diamonds? And the straight answer is no. So there you go, Matt. So let's let's go ahead and put the tape back in. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and play his next question. And I think you'll hear this much, much more clear. This is his second question. And it's a much more in-depth answer, by the way, than the simple, just physical differences that you might find in, uh, in diamonds. So let's go ahead and push play right here. Let's go. Well, hi there. Uh, this is my second question uh, for the Diamond Answer Man uh, podcast. Uh, I was wondering if you could... Uh, let us know about the different uh, diamond grading houses or, I guess, uh, cert labs and uh, which ones can be trusted, which ones are maybe a little bit less legitimate. Um, basically, this is from a personal experience. I'm, I'm wondering about the difference between the IGI and um, I think it's the GIA um, certifications. If there's a huge um, 
difference there in in uh, in how they grade, whether one's more lax than the other. Um, yeah, let me know about that. That would be really appreciated. Thanks. Well, that's a really good question. Let's go ahead and push the uh, stop button there on that, and let's go ahead and take the tape out. And, uh, you know, so we got that out. And, you know, to answer that question directly, um, you know, he wants to know about, Matt, you really, you know, want to know about the differences between IGI and GIA. And, of course, there is going to be differences between the laboratories. You have two different structures on how the companies are set up. You have different, different sort of foundings for how they may do things. Now, I do know that a lot of graders from one lab, especially when you have big labs like, like we do, like we're talking about IGI, and if we throw in there the other labs, at least the U.S. labs like EGL, um, you know, we're talking about U.S. laboratories, what they'll do is they will go ahead and uh, they'll pick up graders from labs like GIA, so then they'll pick up very well-trained diamond graders to put in their labs. So now once we've said that, you know, so they're always out there looking for somebody who's had past experience at the GIA, and most most of these labs will have GIA, you know, uh, diamond graders that either are having the grading certificate, or most often they will have the uh, the uh, GG uh, designation for their title. So even though some of these laboratories have their own schools, they usually like GIA-trained persons in their laboratories. That's not to say that's always the case, but they do. Now, when we're talking about laboratories, are there differences? Absolutely. And the differences may be philosophical, and or they may be technological, so you're never going to find two laboratory reports that are absolutely identical uh, from laboratory to laboratory in all respects. Now, you can get them pretty darn close. You know, the dimensions, of course, if they're using similar technologies, whether they're using SARIN tools or OGI, which will map out the physical external proportions of the diamonds. And, uh, you know, those have come pretty darn close. Um, but color grades and clarity grades, there is going to be at times, differences in opinion. And that's why laboratories usually will have more than one greater look at a diamond. And uh, you'll find that there will be changes from how tired a person is, how proactive they may, not proactive is not the right word, how energized they are during their process, how much sleep they had the night before, do they exercise, do they eat well. You know, we're talking about things that affect your brain and things that affect this physical aspects, you know, your eyes get tired with time. You make differences in uh, judgment calls based upon how much, you know, or how healthy you may be. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll make mistakes. So a lot of times what will happen is because we're dealing with the human aspect of diamond grading, a laboratory will have not just one extra grader, but in those cases where you'll find a grade comes up different from the first grader to the second grader, you'll find there's a third grader for those stones to split that tie. Now, there are cases where a diamond can go on to a further review board, you know, to make sure that those grades match. Now, I do know and I have had experience with uh, IGI reports and EGL reports. Now, most of my experience comes you know, we're talking about in the 90s to the early 2000s where I've had diamonds and I have copies of those diamonds. Um, you know, the ones that I have right off the top of my hand, these are EGL reports compared to GI reports, um, where the grades were a grade up 
or a great down in color and the ones that I have in my hand. So I have copies of those, but it's, it's also happened in my own personal world with that case with IGI reports where the color or clarity grades are different from what would be on the GIA report. And in, the, in all the cases that I'm talking about, the GI would have been the more strict party in this case. Now, that being said, here's the really unique situation. And one of the reasons why I've waited a little bit to answer this specific question. There is a report going to be coming out by the Rappaport Magazine, right? This Rappaport Diamond Report. And the Rapnet team actually sent off these stones ranging in size from 33 to 1.62 carats. And they were of different qualities to six different labs for this assessing of what they called consistency, or their words, lack thereof, of their respective reports. The diamonds were sent to GIA, IGI, HRD, EGL USA, EGL Israel, and EGL Hong Kong. And uh, the grades, you know, ranged from I1s to F in colors and Ds in colors and in the, the whole spectrum there. And what we found out, at least from this article, right, that when they weighted these scales, they came up with what was called a quality index. The lower the number, the better. And uh, what they found was that um, the laboratories outside of the United States, which I have repeatedly said outside of the United States, you're going to have problems. Um, In my opinion, the labs outside the U.S. uh, do not grade the same standards that we grade here, either philosophically or or technologically. I, I don't care what the reasons are, or I should say lack thereof, of good philosophies, right? Good standards. Um, so, you know, when we look at the, the, the analysis the, the uh, Rappaport had come up with, the RapNet people, um, we found that the GIA ranked, as I've stated before, for their quality rank, was the strictest for the grades that they assessed. Now, as we go down this list, the IGI came in second as far as their grading, and the EGL USA came in third in their quality index score uh, was 14.8 for the GIA. Remember, the lower the score, the better. The IGI was 14.9, so just a step away. And the reason for that was is they missed one specific area on a grade on a diamond as compared to the GIA. And the EGL USA came out at 15.4, so they missed a few as compared to they were more lenient, I should say, than the GIA. Now, the worst on this scale, EGL Israel. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The worst that I've ever, absolutely ever seen is EGL Turkey. They, 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 I, I'm stuttering there. I'm, 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 I'm mad almost because when we look at these laboratory reports and they're coming outside the country and there are jewelers and diamond dealers here in the United States and importers that sell them to dealers, that sell them to brokers, that, you know, that sell them to the public or direct to, you know, these dealers sell direct through their wholesale channels here in the United States and sell them to the jewelry stores. And they use these crummy, and I'm just going to say it, junk reports that confuse you, right, and give you this false impression that your diamond is a specific color and clarity quality. It's just garbage. I mean, I, I want to use a different word than garbage. It's, it's, it's bunk is what it is. So when you're, getting a, when you're looking at a diamond from, uh, the, from a vendor here in the U.S., and I'll go as far as say, if you're looking at a diamond and you're outside of the U.S. 
and you're I don't care what country you're in, if it's not from the US, your report should be from the US. I, and I'm not it has nothing to do with with uh you know <laughs> you know where yeah, I don't want to say anything. Anyway, so I, I'm just saying if your if your diamond has a GIA report that's a GIA laboratory, I, I don't know about the different GIA laboratories around the world and their differences in quality or how their structure is set up. I, I'm not even talking about that. But I am specifically saying that if you want a better statement about your quality analysis on your diamond report, you need a diamond lab. That's one of the major labs here in the U.S. Now, that being said, I myself would place the GIA and the AGS in the same sort of arena. Now, there's going to be heated debate about that. There are some people who who don't like the way that the AGS does certain things, and uh, you know, the, you know, I, and I won't even go into that. But anyway, let's get back to the question: Are there differences? Yes, there are differences. Even under this analysis, there was differences. Now, here's what I'm going to say, and this is totally my opinion, and nobody's put me up to this. Um, I, I I have a, a feeling about the situation. One thing that I do know. So to answer Matt's question, yes, there are differences. And yes, in in my experience, the EGL has not been, if we're going to use RAPNET's uh, uh, terminology, strict, right, uh, as the GIA. However, from the RAPNET analysis, the IGI was almost 100% identical except for one color grade on their uh, on their submitted for this for this the submission for this test and you know I'll be honest with you I know that quote unquote you know the 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 IGI is 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 a very big company you know but what I do know is that and I'm not going to say IGI I do know I've submitted diamonds that have already had GIA reports and I've submitted them to different laboratories for analysis, you know, doing some of the similar things and having, you know, having worked for a company that polished diamonds. Let me just say this. I worked for a company that repolished diamonds, not just polishing from the rough, but they, they completely refaceted the diamonds to a specific performance profile, right? And when the laboratory, let's say the customer that we were selling to, the jeweler, or in some cases an individual, but the jeweler we would sell to after we repolish it, when they might request a specific laboratory report with it, which may not be the GIA. However, when they found out that the diamond originally had a GIA report, every single laboratory asked for a copy of the GIA report. So sure enough, what happened to the grade? When we got it back from that laboratory, it matched, you know, the color and clarity because the diamond was smaller. Of course, the weight would be different. The color and clarity of the GIA report every single time. So here's what I want to know. And I asked this question to the author of the article. And I'll be honest with you, I never heard back. In fact, it it wasn't that I never heard. Well, no, it is what I, I never heard back. I didn't even get any response like, I don't even want to talk to you about it. You know, who are you? I have no idea who you are. Why are you interested? Um, you know, I, I never got anything. Now, they don't have to answer any email I send in. There's no reason why any, you know, author of any article anywhere. It just said on the website, the writer can be contacted. And I tried to contact the author of the article. My question to the author was this. Because I found it suspicious, and it's my opinion, I found it suspicious that the IGI grades matched 
almost in every single category, though there were some terminology changes, though meaning the same thing, the GIA to a T. Remember, the weighted scale was 14.8 for GIA, the lowest, most strict scale. Second was the IGI 14.9. So when we look at the diamond grades themselves, everything was absolutely identical except for the one grade, and that was on the 106 that they submitted. It got the same color, excuse me, it got the, the 106 they submitted had a GVS2 with a very good, very good, and good in symmetry fluorescence none. And the IGI had F in color. So it was actually just one color grade higher. And of course, being that it's higher, more rare, more costly, that um, it's more lenient. You know, it's a better grade, of course. So the Rappaport dinged them in that category. But here's, here's my question, because I would really like to know. I would like to know if these diamonds were laser inscribed. And I want to know if they were laser inscribed, where and when they were laser inscribed. So did they go to EGL Hong Kong first? And then did they go did they did they go to EGL Israel and then HRD um, and then EGL USA? You know, where do they where do they travel in the whole process? And were they laser inscribed and where and when in that process were they laser inscribed? Did they go from EGL USA to GIA for laser inscription? Because sometimes that's a standard that they'll do. They'll just include it in the cost. You know, you have to request it also at times. But did it get laser inscribed and then go to IGI? Because in my experience, when they found out where a laboratory found out that the GIA graded it, they matched the grades every single time. I'm not saying IGI did it. I just find it completely suspicious. You will and should have subtle variations in grades based upon the opinion of the graders. And uh, to have them that exact and that close to be off or right on the nose, and, and, and I mean everything from the polish to the symmetry to everything all the way down the board, you know, that well, that's not true. There was a very good... On, the, uh, on a 108 that they submitted where GIA called it a good. So there was some slight subtle variations, but on some of these things, they were identical from the polish being very good, very good to the symmetry being excellent, excellent. Um, on one, a polish, excellent, excellent, symmetry, excellent, excellent. Polish, excellent, symmetry, very good. I mean, it was, they, they were matched to a T. You know, so I, if they're this good, I applaud them, absolutely. But my question is, is where and when was it laser inscribed? I mean, that, that's really the concern is where and when was it laser inscribed? And once I have that, I mean, I'd feel pretty good about it. You know, I don't want to ding anybody. But here, here's what I do want to say. You know, the question is, is how confident can we be about our laboratory reports? And, and what does it mean? You know, what does it mean when somebody gives an opinion on my grade? I want to say this, whether it's the IGI, the EGL, the GIA, the AGS, the HRD, EGL Israel, I don't even care if you throw the, the junkie laboratories in there like EGL Turkey. I don't really care. You know, if you, if you talk about these different laboratories in there, um, they all have disclaimers. They all say to some effect that this report is not a guarantee that, uh, you know, the terms and conditions are such that we hold no liability you know, if, if something happens negatively towards the grade. And 
you know, I think if you're going to make an opinion, you know, make an opinion. You know, if I say this is K in color, SI1, that's my opinion. I stand behind it 100%. If I'm going to make a statement about it, make the statement about it. Put some guarantee on it. So, you know, you know, I, I have done some, though very little, business with a laboratory called GCAL, G-C-A-L, and GCAL is the sort of the phoenix from the ashes of what was probably the industry's early bird in performance, not probably, absolutely definitely was, the early bird bird for performance grading um, way before the GIA, way before the AGS. In fact, those two laboratories just sort of poo-pooed the whole process um, in the early, early days and sticking to their mathematical formulas was the uh, Diamond Profile Laboratory. Probably at the time in the 90s was the absolute best laboratory report out, out there. In fact, in some cases, they were so darn technical, technical to a degree that was extreme. You know, they, and at one point, this poor laboratory, talking about confusion, you know, we have people out there that are confused that spend 60 hours in researching why they should buy an FVS1. And, and man, if, if you're this guy, please stop. Don't, don't, don't spend 60 hours trying to figure out why you should buy a diamond. Um, you know, if, if you're spending that much time, I mean, 60 hours, I mean, you could probably get a, a certification in some specialty and, and that 60 hours start earning another ten dollars or $15,000 per year. <laughs> you know? so, so spend some time, spend that 60 hours doing something else. Absolutely inform yourself. I never said that. I always say inform yourself and empower yourself to make great decisions. But the G-Cal Laboratory, that's the uh, GEM Quality, I think if I get it right, the GEM Quality Assurance Laboratory, um, you know, the, the G-Cal itself, I probably pronounced that wrong. Anyway, so uh, the uh, guaranteed, they guarantee their diamond. GEM Certification Insurance Lab, that's what I'm trying to say, GEM Quality Assurance Lab. Uh, the GEM, <laughs> GEM Certification and Assur- uh, Assurance, so I can speak, the Assurance Lab is uh is the lab that came it's the phoenix from the ashes from diamond profile laboratory and the 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 gcal laboratory is the only laboratory that i'm aware of that is iso 17025 17025 certified you know so they have certain qualities and standards and i've used their reports and they produce some pretty darn beautiful laboratory reports and and price wise they're all very similar you know, so we're, we're talking about good labs, and I always forget to mention them because they are a great lab. So if you're going to be looking for laboratory reports, and here's the cool thing about it. The, uh, the laboratory reports from GCAL, and of course, they've given me no money for this, so I'm not, I'm not promoting them because, you know, I, I, I want you to, you know, go out and get them. I'm just saying if you see a diamond with it, here's some of the cool things you'll see on their, um, their reports. You'll see an optical brilliance image. You'll see some optical symmetry images. You'll see a photo micrograph. So not just a hand drawn or a, a micrograph, an outline, two dimensional outline line drawing with some with some hand drawn or computer drawn plots on it. But they'll do photo micrographs of your of your inclusions. They'll also do laser inscriptions. And as far as I know, and this is what they also stated on their website, they're the only laboratory that puts the gem print analysis on it. You know, I talked about the gem print analysis, which is like the fingerprint, you know, it maps the internal reflections and, you know, takes into account for all those things on the inside of the diamond. And it maps those out into a reflection pattern. You'll see these little black dots all over the reflection pattern. And that gets um, sent off to the, uh, 
to the sheriff's organizations across the United States. And uh, so your diamond is is put in a, the gem print database. You also, you can also get discounts. I sound like I'm selling you on it. I'm not selling you on it. I'm just telling you. Well, I guess I am. I'm telling you it's a pretty darn cool laboratory report. So, yes, you'll find differences in labs. You'll find differences from the GIA to the IGI to the EGL to whatever laboratory you put in there. And that doesn't even include the paper mills here uh, or around the world. The paper mills, you know, here in the United States are absolutely horrible. I mean, you'll see labs or hear about labs that have almost names that are identical to uh, to uh, very well known, you know, the major labs here in the United States, and their reports will almost look. I shouldn't say they'll be identical. They'll be deceivingly similar, and these uh, paper mills out there will put just about any grade that that any jeweler or dealer will pay them to put on it, and that's the sad thing about it. So if you're dealing with that, anyway, so I'm going to bring this back. GCAL itself is the only company that uh, will will guarantee. You know, we talked about GIA and IGI and EGL, and they have these terms and conditions which they disclaim themselves from any financial liability on the grade. And the coolest thing is about GCAL is that they have 100% uh, guaranteed diamond certification. And they have, um, I think on their website, they talk about their uh, zero tolerance. I think it's the term that they use. And, uh, you know, so their grading is guaranteed. And you can challenge a grade and they'll, they'll give you the, 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 the difference in value. You know, they'll, so they'll reimburse you the retail value, the current, whatever it is, the fair retail value difference. And I don't work for them, so I may get some of this wrong. Have I done a lot with them? No, I haven't done a lot with them, but every report I've ever done with them um, was, act- was a really cool report. I, I think you, you would be very happy with that kind of a report. So GIA, IGI, uh, AGS, a- a- e- EGL USA, um, I already mentioned GCAL. Th- those, are, those are your major labs here in the United States with, with AGS and GIA and EGL and IGI being the big four out of those labs, and if we take it to the big three, it's really, it's really GIA, EGL, and IGI. Those those produce the most reports. AGS would be the fourth in that category, and then uh, trailing, you know, as far as quantity of laboratory reports would be GCAL. And there are other laboratories, and you can always ask me about those. And there are some smaller laboratories out there that are that are good laboratories. But um, Matt, I'm sorry, it sounded like you had a bad situation, possibly with an IGI report. So. Yeah, you'll find out that there are differences between laboratories. And uh, there is no question, even under the Rappaport analysis, which I still am suspect on how the, uh, or whether or not the diamonds were laser inscribed and whether or not the laboratory, at least the IGI, knew what their grades were afterwards. Now, here's something really funky that uh, was talked about a few years back about, you know, laboratory reports. I know that there was sort of this trend or, or, or movement, you know, with jewelers. And what these jewelers would do is, um, is they were buying diamonds with, uh, with these reports from the EGL, and they were buying reports with the IGI, um, EGL USA, and sometimes EGL Israel. And, uh, you know, there's discounts that happen on these diamonds. You know, so when you buy them from the diamond dealers, there's a discount. And the discount could be as much as, as 20, 25, or 30, and sometimes as great as 40% off, right? 
that's difference uh, uh, from what would be the current, you know, sort of wholesale list prices we talk about out there. And sometimes even more than that, I've, I've heard as much as 50% difference with some of these off-grade reports. And you know what they were doing? is that they were getting these diamonds in and they were grading them themselves because these these other labs uh, uh you know especially outside the United States had such a weird a no parameter for how they assigned a grade that uh, that I know personally of one jeweler in particular this gentleman's a friend of mine what he was doing was he was gaming the system and in a good way what he was doing is he's trying to provide his client with a better quality, better grade, better price on his report. So he'd have these dealers come in from overseas and they'd have these junk reports with them. And these since these reports meant nothing, they could at times be better or at least what they said they were. So they if it said it was an H and you got lucky and it was an H and you got it for fifty percent off, then he was able to buy it at such a great deal and then submit it to the GIA and the GIA would then say it was for sure an H and he just got a steal and he would pass that on with a GIA report to his customer. Now that doesn't always happen and you have to be a really good grader on your own. Now, I do know that there was a run on the internet, and uh, there was a specific website here about, I think it was probably about five or maybe, uh, maybe, maybe between five and seven years ago. Let's see, I've been here, out here for about four years now, so it, it could have been as many as ten years ago, where they were talking about the EGL USA and the discounts that happen on the EGL USA reports, and because the grading in the EGL USA is close to what you would get at the GIA. Uh, people were doing the same thing. What they were doing is they were getting a huge discount on their EGL USA stone, turning around and, and resubmitting it to the GIA and finding out that the discount was greater than the difference in the color and clarity grade so that they were able to research it and still sell the diamond with the GIA, uh, uh, we could say stricter grade, at a better value than if you bought it straight out with the GIA grade. I know that was a lot to wrap your head around, and that was mainly jewelers that were doing that, but I know of some consumers that were doing the same thing. Anyway, there are variances in the laboratory reports, and there's no question about it. So the variances are, can happen because of philosophical reasons and technological reasons. The main thing you want to stay away from, and, I, and I'll say it one last time, if you're outside the United States, you want to deal with one of the major three here in the United States four or five, you know, we can add, add those other four and five on there, AGS and, uh, and GCAL. But you want to make sure that you're dealing with some laboratory here in the U.S. because every time the analysis has been done outside the U.S., the grading has not come out um, favorable to you, the consumer. So if you throw in the fact that there are paper mills out there, the paper mills themselves aren't worth the... $25 that, that was put on them to give their fake grade. And that's where you get taken as a consumer when you find out what you spent in most cases is what it's worth, but your perception is completely crushed because this, uh, this report gave you the impression and the jeweler used it as a selling tool to earn your business. This unethical, right? Unethical seller used this as a selling tool to earn your business. And um, if you care about it, you know, if you care about your money that way, you'll make sure that you protect yourself. Now, now that I said that, we'll wrap up the show. Here's the thing you want to do. You want to make sure that you go ahead and download from my website under buying the, uh, the, 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 the affidavit of diamond buying agreement. It's free. 
You download that. So if you're going to be a bozo, right? I just plain outright said it. If you're going to be a bozo and think you can go out and you can buy one of these diamonds with some off-grading report, or for that matter, even if you're going to buy it from one of the major laboratories, right? If you're going to buy, you know, from not from the GIA, if you're going to buy another laboratory report or or diamond with another laboratory report, you know, make sure the jeweler signs the 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 affidavit of diamond buying agreement that I give to you for free. I, I don't get paid to do that. I just had I paid an attorney to update what was something I used. I don't know, 20 plus years ago. So I paid them to update it. I've modified it a little bit further, you know, about ethics and how the diamond was mined and all sorts of things. And so you can download that, print that out, make the jeweler sign it. And I say, make them, you know, I get this image of like how my kids do Taekwondo. They they flip the guy's arm over, you know, and and, and, uh, force you to the floor. You don't want to make somebody do something. You know, you say, this is part of what I want you to do before I spend $5,000 with you. And, uh, you know, when you sign this agreement, I need your guarantee that if I take this out and send it to my laboratory of choice, if it comes back a different grade or, or some sort of quality on it that's different and that means lower, that you're going to somehow make it positive for me. There's all sorts of writing on that certificate, uh, the Affidavit of Diamond Buying Agreement. It's free. Go ahead and download it. So even if it's got a GR report, make them sign it anyway. Um, It's free for you to use. And make that jeweler. Remember, you want to buy from somebody with personality, enthusiasm, and integrity, which uh, I had no enthusiasm, again, on the last you know, show I did. So I'm very sorry about that. So, but on this show, I hope I've made up for it. I got a little bit passionate about it, um, spoke more firmly than I usually do. And I hope, I hope I haven't made this situation more confusing. I hope I've informed you a little bit better. I hope you feel a little more confident about what you should do. And again, even if you're looking today and you're not seeing the differences in the performance grade, you know, that's my big thing. Trudge through last show, episode 24, and, uh, you know, just work it out. And, and near the end of that show, it, uh, it has some good notes on, uh, on what to do and, and what to look for when you're going to buy a diamond. And you're in a store where you can't see the differences. You know, you're trying and, you're, and you're, your brain is fried and your eyes are burning and you're like... I can't see the differences. Here's what you need to do. Go ahead and listen to that show. Leave me some show notes or some comments. You know, post them uh, on the website. Send me emails directly. Either way. Again, like I said, I make no money on this show. I do it because I love doing it. And I hope that I've helped you learn more about the jewelry industry and how to feel confident about your purchases that, uh, of course, memorialize your special moments. And as always, I thank you for the time you spent with me listening to my show. And I know it's, it's, it's a lot of time that you've done that and um, that you, you've had, had with me, and uh, I'm appreciative of that. Anyway, so thanks for listening to the show. This is Jay Christopher Kurtz. I am the Diamond Answer Man, and uh, I'll look forward to talking with you uh, on our next show. All right, you guys have a good night.